Are the Bucks back? Happy Thursday, everybody. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills. We are back in for Mr. Michaels. Grant, is all is all right with the world? Is everything okay? Are the Bucks totally back? I'm so happy, Ben. As a Bucks fan, <laughs> I was happy last night. Yes. But as a radio man and as someone knowing that we had to host a show today, like there's so much that I want to talk about. We do a little draft stuff, little brewers, and this CJ Stroud story is wild. And it's something that's right up your alley. And if the Bucks would have lost last night, we just would have had to talk about that and panic level and a blame meter. Who are we blaming? And we're yelling about Coach Bud, and I'm just glad we don't have to do any of that today. Oh, is Coach Bud the right guy to get the Bucks over the top? We almost had to do that again, Grant. That's the old sucked. that's the old can Gonzaga make a final four? Or even when they do, you still have to ask if they could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never proven. But uh, great win for the Bucks last night, 138 to 122. It was an 8 o'clock game on NBA TV. Here's where I want to start with this game. Thank you to the Bucks. On behalf of myself, an old soul that does not like to stay up very late, for not needing the second half to matter at all. I enjoyed my little taste of Gus Johnson watching on NBA TV, but the game was over by halftime, 81-55, a 24-2 run in the second quarter, uh, and then the, the second half just was what it was. A great performance, a great answer when we talk about what happened uh, on Sunday in game one. Obviously, no Giannis. They scored 138 points. It is the most, uh, without Giannis, that is, the most points in a game by a team without their leading scorer from the regular season in NBA postseason history. So some records there. Where do we start with the performance, Grant? I, I mean, it's it's the response. It's top to bottom. It's the whole team. What stuck out to you? What's the, what's the big story from the game? Well, they hit a million threes. And I, I don't like to boil these playoff games down to just three-point shooting because that's kind of reductive and it's kind of lame, right? There's so much that happens in these games. And it bothers me a little bit sometimes when I turn on a radio show or a podcast. Well, to make or miss league, you know, the Heat shot such and such percent and the Bucks that'll that'll come back down to earth. I, I don't know. I, I'm a romantic, I guess. I'd like to think there's more to these games than simple three-point shooting percentages. But when you make 25 threes, it's pretty hard to lose a basketball game to the Miami Heat who were in the play-in, and they were facing elimination in the play-in. So it starts with the three-point shooting. The energy early was just really good. Probably talk about Brooke Lopez, too. The adjustments that the Bucks make under Bud from game one to game two are hilarious, Ben. And maybe you noticed this in the first quarter last night, too. It's like, oh, they realized that 6'5 Max Struess can't cover Brooke. What a, what, a, what a discovery we've made. And they're just spamming it to him. Brooke had, I think, like 14, 15 points in the first quarter on almost perfect shooting seven of nine. I found it in my notes. It's just the adjustments with coach butter funny. They'll play a dumb game in game one. And then game two, it's like, they, it's like, Oh my God, we figured it out. All of the things that everyone was tweeting about and all the things that are really obvious. We started to put it together. Oh, it kind of, well, it's a, it's a Joe Barry concept from the first to yeah. second half of the Packers season. It makes you wonder what they do in game one, right? Because even well, when Giannis goes down, and Giannis went down in game one when the Bucks were down 12 and the Heat were shooting the lights out. So there could be something there of the Bucks thinking, okay, we actually have to shoot our way back into this. Yeah. But to be able to take a step back, have a couple of days off, have a 
have time to prepare for a game where you know or you figure Giannis wouldn't be available or a good chance of that, and to come out with that game plan, that's why I start with Coach Bud, right? Because they shoot the lights out from three, and the Heat kind of regressed to the mean. They didn't have their same crazy three-point shooting night, but when you get five of six from deep from Mr. Ingles off the bench, hitting his, like, when he has the ball, you know he's going to shoot. And you wonder how defenders just can't prevent him from shooting. But he just does a little dribble and fades a different direction and gets the shot off. I love watching him shoot the basketball. But then Pat Connaughton with 6 of 10 from off the bench, all that stuff happens. But to me at least, that doesn't happen without coming out of the gates hot with easy buckets. Yeah, That's the old if you're a shooter. How do you get yourself going? Make a couple free throws. Make a couple layups. See the ball go through the hoop. The fact that Coach Bud got the team ready to come out with a very effective game plan to get a lead and to not allow any tightness to set in, I think just led to all of the gates, uh, you know, all the damn breaking when it comes to the shooting. So I was very impressed with it. I mean, I think the story just starts Bud. And then obviously, like it's a, to me at least, this series is a, even without Giannis, the Bucks are better. It's on the players to win. And then mm-hmm. top to bottom, everybody did it. And I'll, I'll defend Coach Bud a little bit over game ones. The Bucks typically don't play well in game ones, and it, they make adjustments afterwards that seem obvious. Like, why didn't you do this before? There are lots of good teams and good coaches and good players who use game one as a feel-out game. LeBron is notorious for this, right? He doesn't overexert himself. I think Nick Wright on FS1 the other day called it the LaFeelout game in game one, which I thought was hilarious. I'd never heard that before. But it's not like other teams don't feel things out in game one. The Bucs are also a team, they're wired in such a way and they're built in such a way where I think they get better as the series goes along because they beat you up. Like Bobby Portis is throwing elbows and Brooke Lopez is big and Giannis is physical and Drew just dogs you on, on both ends of the floor. So I, I think it's not just Bud. I think the Bucks are a team for a million different reasons that they get better as the series goes along. The decision to start Bobby Portis and lean into him rather than maybe starting Joe Ingles or starting, or starting Jay Crowder. Maybe you want to go defense. Starting Bobby Portis and using him as a spark plug to make sure that energy was there early, I, I thought was brilliant. And you got to give Coach Bud credit for that. I was going to lose it when Bobby Portis almost technicaled himself out of the game. He only got one, which is fine. It was a very unnecessary tech. Should they have called it? I don't know. But had that somehow been more, or if there was another tech to follow, I might have lost it today. Well, and Chris Middleton is like the team's official Bobby Portis, like what would the word be? Liaison. Like if you go back (laughs) and you watch game six against the Suns and you watch the highlights, like Bobby Portis got tagged with kind of a tough call in the fourth quarter. The Bucks are like up seven, eight. They're so close. And Bobby Portis gets teed up and Chris Middleton gets in his face. He's like, bro, we're trying to win an NBA finals here. Can you stop with the BS? And like that always has seeming... It's been Chris's role. He was kind of talking with Bobby last night, too, after he got teed up. But part of that is necessary. Like, Bobby Portis was looking to kill Kevin Love, I think. There were a couple of plays where just shoved him in the back, crashed him hard on an offensive rebound. Like, he was just going after people. And I, I think you need a little bit of that. And, and Ben Kenny, I would rather my player be like Bobby Portis, aggressive and in your face and very obvious that he is looking to beat you up, rather than, like, 
doing some sneaky Kyle Lowry crap or DeMontis Sabonis, like, <laughs> grab the ankle. Like, if you're out there trying to create problems and be a jerk, I want you to be honest about it. And Draymond Green. And credit for that. Yeah. Stepping on yeah. dudes. Things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> to that extent. Uh, yeah. But great crowd down at the, uh, at the Pfizer Forum last night. It's, it, it is very easy to get going when your team goes on a 24-2 to run and they're hitting heat checks. Like it, they, had, they had Joe Ingles pulling up from four feet behind the line as a collective heat yeah. check. And then I think it was Brooke Lopez pulled up from the logo. It's like, yo, yeah. I know you're hot, but come on. Uh, well, that's, they, they were having fun. And one more person and, and storyline we should probably shout out is Pat Connaughton, who didn't play in game one and gets a chance in game two. Giannis is hurt. And I just don't know if this is a great Jay Crowder series. We'll have to see. I think he's better cut out for maybe a series against Boston. We'll see. Could be wrong. But Pat Connaughton gets a shot last night, and I'm not kidding you, Ben Kenny. I'm not kidding. Watching, and Pat Connaughton drives from the right elbow, lays it in, right, gets that layup. And I thought, all right, see it go through the hoop. You have a little positivity here. Can you do anything with this? And then the shots started to fall for Pat. So you never know how that first bucket, that first opportunity is going to play and what that's going to turn into. And, And Pat really took that and ran with it last night. Yeah, great game from him coming off the bench. They had, I mean, crazy production from the bench with mainly Connaughton and Ingles. I want to get to this when we when we come back and start the next segment. I have mm-hmm. audio from Drew Holiday talking about what he said to Giannis when he learned that that Giannis wasn't going to be playing and to calm him down to to install some confidence that the guys would get it done. Charles Barkley had some comments. We'll hear a little later in the hour. He joined in on the Giannis versus Hero, who's more important discussion, which it's a hilarious minute of television because I I listened to it and my brain was in a pretzel. So I'm excited okay. to play that coming up a little later in the hour. Uh, I have a Giannis Tyler Hero talking point as well that I would like to get to it at some point. Something to add. So when I when I look at the game though, overall, like what's the story to me? The story is a championship caliber team, a championship team responding like a championship team does where many teams in you go across sports would get punched in the mouth in game one and come out with the same tightness in game two or a same type of we're expected to do all this, our stars out and it doesn't all run perfectly. That was obviously the complete opposite of what happened in last night's game. It was a championship response, but who, who do we credit the most for that? Who deserves the most credit for the blowout, for the splattering last night and the Bucks win? Uh, I think Coach Bud is a piece of that, and this isn't necessarily my answer. I'm curious to hear what you have to think, and then 877-867-1670 if you want to chime in. Coach Bud uh, is a piece of that. Brooke Lopez, I would say as well, just for getting the ball rolling being the presence, being the guy that, that, I mean, being one of, if not the best player on the court last night, um, the bench, like you mentioned with Ingles and Connaughton and the name I would go with, which we haven't mentioned yet is drew holiday where I think he was the best player on the court last night in a game where you needed a obviously non Giannis player to be that he was up in Jimmy Butler's face for a lot of the night. And we didn't see it really negatively affect the offense. Uh, I know he finished 10 and 19, but in the first half he had what 19 or 17 of his 24 points when the game was still being decided. He was that deciding factor. So a lot of different ways you could go. Where would you start? Who deserves the most credit for, for the big win? 
Well, if we're talking about Drew Holiday, there's a couple different parts of his game. If you just want to talk about his game, Drew Holiday has 27 assists through the first two games of the series. He's been finding guys, setting guys up, and you need to give Drew Holiday credit for his passing last night, a night where the Bucks hit so many threes. Part of that is the passing, like finding guys who are open beyond the three-point line, and the three-point shooting set the tone last night, helped the Bucks win, helped charge up the team. Drew Holiday's passing was a part of that. I love Drew because he's not vocal. He's not like Bobby Portis, someone who's going to scream and yell and pump up the crowd. Drew Holiday is quiet. He's soft-spoken. But he is, dare I say, him. I think that that phrase kind of died when Austin said it. I'm out. Can I just say this? I understand what you're trying to say. I'm out. I'm, I'm categorically out on that phrase. He carries so much respect from his teammates and from other players in the league too. Like the athletic did their annual uh, survey, their anonymous player survey where they ask players a million questions. And then they show the results. They asked all the players, 98 votes. Who's the best defender in the league. Drew holiday got 28% of the vote. Next was 11. Like he ran away with it. He also won most underrated player. Like Drew holiday carries so much respect and because he's not very vocal, I, I don't think we always see it. So I think he plays such a big job setting the tone in the locker room and, and setting the court and leading by example. And I, I don't think because he's quiet, he often gets enough credit for that. Yeah, he was incredible. And I, I like the point of sometimes when he's asked to do a lot on defense, it can affect his offense. Not to say he is a poor player then. It just he isn't amazing on both sides. But last night, again, in the first half when the game was still being decided, he was. And he was making all the plays. Some of the passes, you just you wonder where they come from. And then it results in in buckets. So a great game for Drew Holiday last night. Uh, it, it did feel like as soon as the run started and they were hitting threes, it was also just a play here, a play there from Holiday that, that kept it all going. And that's what you need. We talk about Giannis going out. It's how can the sum of the parts step up and fill the void? that Giannis leaves on both sides of the court. So great game for the Bucks. Great game for Drew Holiday. 877-867-1670. We could take your reaction to it. Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels today. When we come back, you will hear from Drew Holiday. What did he have to say after the game? What was the message to Giannis? Uh, and we'll get into who deserves the most credit for the big win last night, as well as a lot more to come today. Uh, hanging out with you until 2 o'clock. It's Ben Kenny. It's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we are back. It is the Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills hanging out with you today. 877 867 1670. That is how you join the show. Who deserves the most credit for the Bucks' big game to win over the Heat? Twitter poll up right now at Ben Z. Kenny. Right now, Coach Bud sitting with around 32%. The bench and shooting also with 32%. Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday separately, each around 19%. Um, I, I'm caught between Bud and Holiday, Grant, and for the sake of it being a player sport and a you just got to get it done on the court, type of game, type of series against the Heat. I'm going with Drew. He was the best player on the court last night, in my opinion, from the start. 
a lot of Lopez's touches don't come without Holiday's effectiveness. So I think I, I credit Drew Holiday for, for stepping up offensively, defensively, just as the leader without Giannis on the court. I think you are correct to not give Bud too much credit because I, I don't think either one of us were assigning him too much blame after game one, right? Like I, there were a couple of little frustrating things, but by and large, I, I didn't really have any problem with coach Bud after game one. So I'm not going to do jumping jacks and, and say that now all of a sudden everything is because of him in game two. It's a player's league. Like you said, make or miss league. I'm going to do the classic first take thing here where I'm going to disagree with you for the sake of the content and the conversation. Love your Drew Holiday stance. I think you're right. But I would also make the argument for, for Bobby Portis. Like, I, I just think his energy is massive. And Wisconsin sports crowds, Ben, we get a little nervous. We get a little, like, we get a little tight. And I think Bobby Portis charging the crowd up and loosening the environment up a little bit. And, and, and I think letting his teammates play a little looser and, and a little more aggressive and have a little more fun, I think that's such a big deal. And he just eats rebounds and plays this dominant like spark plug style of basketball that really gives this team something that they don't have because Giannis and Chris and Drew are all so mild mannered. Bobby's the perfect complement to the rest of the the guys on this team. I didn't even include him in the poll. Well, he, he would, I guess be on bench in the bench, category, the bench even though right? he started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess he did start, didn't he? Big time night on the, on the boards for him, 15 rebounds, uh, which I mean, that's a big part of why they won. You look at, I believe a lot more fast break points for the Bucks than previously. They got out faster, got a rebound in order to have that happen. And, and Portis was everywhere there. Uh, real quick, 877-867-1670. We'll get to the phones here in a second. Drew Holiday had a message for Giannis before the win against Miami. Take a listen. This morning, I told him this morning, like, I know you're going to want to come back, but if you don't, just know we got you. Um, again, our team has ultimate confidence in each other, and, and we know how Giannis is. We know Giannis is going to try to, like you said, make that Superman effort and come back and play 48 minutes and, and do what he does. But um, like I said, we can hold on the fort until he comes back. That's a, I don't know, Grant, you go across the league. I don't know how many other teams lose their best player and have the, obviously the talent, but the leadership and the veteran leadership to, I, I mean, they looked like the best team in basketball last night without the best player in basketball, which is well, rare. Yeah, and you compare the Bucks to other teams uh, like the Suns or the Clippers. Um, the Sixers a little bit, maybe. Like, these are teams that have had multiple iterations over the last couple of years, right? Like the Suns traded picks in McHale Bridges for Kevin Durant, different version of that team. And the Clippers made a lot of moves at the deadline, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard kind of been in and out of the lineup. This is the advantage the Bucks have that I think it really is only rivaled by the Celtics. And that Giannis came up with Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez has a lot of experience over the years. Now has been in Milwaukee for a while. They added Drew Holiday two years ago, but Drew Holiday came in as a professional. Like, they understand each other. There's a lot of cohesion. There's a lot of maturity. So I, I think if the Suns, say, were to lose Durant, they would have a harder time just because of the way that that team has been built. They'd have a harder time than the Bucks, like when the Bucks lost Giannis. They're just so balanced and they're so well constructed. It allows them to lose their best player. Or last year they lost Chris Middleton and almost beat the Celtics, who I believe were the best team in the NBA last year, pound for pound. I know they didn't win the, the title, but like the fact that they even took that game to seven and almost won in six, if Tatum doesn't go for 45, it shows you how resilient this team is. 
And it, it, it was pretty great that you didn't need a great night from Chris Middleton last night. I mean, he, he was I, six of 16, two of five from three, 16 points. Like he was, he was fine. He was there. He played. Wasn't spectacular. I am your test man with Chris Middleton. The stats never back up how I feel about the way he plays. When we got done with Sunday's game, I knew Middleton had like 30, but I'm like, I don't think he played that well. I, my eyes told me Middleton played a much better, cleaner game last night, despite not scoring as much. And it's easy when everyone else is hitting threes. Don't get me wrong. But I thought Middleton did more well last night than he did on Sunday. Zero turnovers. So that plays into that. That helps. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Who deserves the most credit for the Bucks' big win last night? Uh, reacting to the game with you. Let's go to the phones. Line one. You're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Hey, this is John. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, Drew. I mean, what else can you say? Even that interview, that little clip that you just just uh, gave out. I think that says it all. I mean, he's he's, he's just he's, he's the man. Um, but as far as you guys kind of stole my thunder, but Middleton, man, he kind of got the ball rolling. Those two threes that he had in the middle of the first quarter, man, I just I'm loving game one, and I, I was fine losing game one. I still think we win the next well, the next three. It, it's a sweep at this point, um, but we just can't undervalue Middleton. I mean, if his shot gets rolling like we know it can, it's a well, it's a, Miami's a wrap. Uh, Cleveland Knicks are in wrap. That's probably done in five. And, man, I think we have a great chance against Boston. Again, this Giannis' health is a big deal. But, man, you just can't talk enough about Middleton. If, if, he, if he's truly back and his knee's looking healthy, even his spin moves, I don't know, maybe I missed a few of the games during this regular season, but it just seems he's got a little bit of a pep. It spins a, a back a little bit. His defense is better than it's been pretty much all season. I'm like, man, that's going to be our – that's going to be the missing link right there. He's going to be there when we need him. And I think uh, – but, again, I agree. Drew, Drew is the man last night. you got to give all props to him. But you just can't. I know Middleton only had 16. Uh, but, man, just to know that he's back on some level is it's everything we wanted as a Bucks fan right now. I think that was the missing ingredient. If he, you know, if he gets hurt and he can't handle these playoffs, it's probably a wrap against Boston uh, if we even get there. But if he's back to what we, we hope he is, and I think we're seeing glimpses for sure game one. And I agree with you guys. Game two, man, he was just clean. I mean, he missed a couple near the end, but by then they were already rolling. But I think he was a – he was a nice, in addition to Drew, he was a nice jump start as far as hitting the three. He knocked those two so smoothly. And I, don't know, I think as a Bucs fan, you just got to love. If he's back, if he's really back, we're so fine, you know, honestly. And, I, I mean, it makes it deeper. Uh, John, did you call yeah. in on, on Monday and say that the Bucks were winning in five? Yeah, yeah. Was, All right, I'll be getting to credit yeah. you. Did yeah. you just say that they're sweeping their way to the finals even if Giannis is out? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying they'll, they'll win. Well, they're going to sweep. This isn't really a true sweep, but they'll win the next three. It's a gentleman's um, sweep. And then I, it is. I love it. No, that's the expression right there. And then I think against the Knicks and Cavs, they're not, um, it's not child play. I think they, I think those guys squeezed at least one from us, maybe two. Um, I think we may be a little bit tired by them. Um, so that'll go, either one of those teams will take us five or six at best. And again, that's, that's how much the Bucks want to put effort-wise. Like, even game one, they, they just didn't have the effort, and I think they're okay with it. That's Bud's pedigree. Lose game one and then just get storming back. Um, but, yeah, I think we're – if Middleton is Middleton, like I'm hoping that he is, we're so fine. Um, and obviously Boston's going to be a battle. But, yeah, I, I don't want to guarantee the next three, but I think it's a wrap. That's just great. on Middleton's point, honestly. That's, that's great. I like the days after big wins, Grant. It's all Isn't just, the best? Uh, John, I, I, I do have one thing. Um, 
before we move forward. I know Grant has thoughts yeah. on this, and I'm going to get into them coming up after the break. Do you have any take yeah. on, on Giannis wearing basketball-adjacent clothes on the bench? Uh, that is a nice take. Um, man, i got to yes. think about that one. Uh, he was – oh, you mean not wearing more gear? No, not wearing street clothes. You know, he's not out there in some extravagant Louis Vuitton whatever. He's just out oh. there in a basketball <laughs> shirt. Probably oh, because okay. he worked I out before the game. We love that. Yeah, no, exactly. No, yeah, you just gotta love him. I called a couple years ago. It was I don't know. It was the station out of Milwaukee. I don't know where it went, but um, man, just having this kind of guy on our team um, is it's borderline unbelievable. The fact that he's homegrown, drafted how he was drafted, stays in Milwaukee. It's just so storybook. More than you know, especially coming from us Packer fans that have been just hurt for so long now. Um, yeah, with star players that are uh, a little bit more of a of a headache than than Giannis is. I appreciate the phone call, John. 877-867-1670. Uh, Grant, I, I mean, I know it was after he worked out, right? But are, are you all in on the uh, on the Giannis like basketball adjacent sweats? Like, if if you had just shown me a steal of the game. I would have thought he was playing. Yeah. So th- this is a take of mine, and I've had I've heard other people talk about it. This goes back like a year or two. When the Nets were in the playoffs last year and Ben Simmons' <laughs> status was up in the air and thought he was going to play and then kind of at the 11th hour, it was like, nope, can't go. Obviously. And then I watched the game. Like, is Ben Simmons wearing blaze orange leather clothing? I remember this. What is he... Why he stands out on screen. And I'm, I seriously said this at the time. I was like, your skill level and your star power, and like that should factor into what you're allowed to wear on the bench. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want you standing out and looking like a sideshow on the bench when you're injured. And I noticed that with Ben Simmons last year. And then Giannis last night, Bucks t shirt, sweats. And I tweeted about it. And within the next two minutes, they show Tyler Hero. Who wasn't dressed that outrageously, to be fair to Tyler Hero? Like, he did have like a Carhartt vest, neon thing going on. I just like my players when they're injured. Let's wear a t-shirt and sweatpants. Let's not make it about us. We're not playing. I like that Giannis didn't wear something insane last night. Anytime you compare Giannis to Ben Simmons, I think Giannis will come out looking yes, yes. positively, generally speaking. But I can I see where you're coming from. Most players. I mean, it matters it, to me. It matters more. Like, is he making a huge difference? No, but the presence and the energy he brought and how fired up he was when, say, they went to timeout after or during a big run, I think that matters. Hell, like, I like, give him a ri- rally towel, give him a clipboard, give him a pen, have him coach. You know, yeah. put him in the huddle. Just have him coach the guys, like Kerr did with Andre Iguodala a couple of years ago. What a troll! You remember that? <laughs> Like, well, we're just winning so much. I'm, I'm going to let Iggy coach tonight's game. Give him the clipboard and sit on the bench. He's probably a Hall of Famer, Andre Iguodala, Finals MVP. A crazy basketball IQ. The Giannis, or the not the Giannis stopper, the LeBron stopper, held him to, what, 36, 9, and 8 that year or whatever it was. Lockdown, Iggy was on LeBron. Yeah, stopper's relative. That's okay. I've always been... No kidding, it's relative. I've always been an Iguodala guy. 877... He actually, him and Drew Holiday were on the Sixers together way back when. That was Andre Iguodala when he was on the Sixers. That was my peak watch Sports Center before school oh. days. And Iggy would have some insane dunks, just highlights every morning. I really liked him on the Sixers. 
that was when my love for basketball was pretty much birthed with the play of Kyle Korver. He came a little (laughs) bit before, but he he overlapped with Higgy, I think. Did Sam Hinky then snuff out your love for basketball? Yes. uh, That is what we call a Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, things of that nature. Something that should have been highly illegal is what he did. 877-867-1670. Anyway, big bucks win last night. Who deserves the most credit? Grant has thrown in Bobby Portis. We'll throw that in with the bench. 50% so far. Say the bench and the shooting deserve the most credit for the Bucks win. Coach Bud, 25%. 11% say Brooke Lopez, which I would even lean towards him before some others. And only 15% are with me saying Drew Holiday. We'll get back into that when we come back. We will get back. I have a couple comments to read. There is also a Charles Barkley clip from inside the NBA last night. Joining the fray when it comes to whether Tyler Hero or Giannis is the more impactful loss in this series. We'll play that when we come back. It's Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we're back. Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills on this uh, somewhat beautiful Thursday. I think it's supposed to rain a little later uh, where we are, where I am here in Madison on the eastern part of Wisconsin. 877-867-1670. You want to join the show? Do it. Reacting to the Bucks big win over the Heat last night. Who deserves the most credit? Still a lot of agreement on the bench and shooting where I would say Drew Holiday for that. Uh, I'm going to play this Charles Barkley clip here in a second about Hero and Giannis and them being out for the, or Hero being out for the series and Giannis being out at least for the first two games. Coming up at 11, though, we'll we'll continue the Bucks talk in about 20 minutes. There's also a recent quarterback rumor that, again, has people in a certain eastern city that will go unnamed completely losing their minds about Aaron Rodgers. So we'll play some clips. We'll react to it. That's coming up at 11. There's a lot more to get to, but we could take your Bucks calls throughout the day. Uh, Grant, before we do the Chuck on Hero and Giannis thing, it came up with Reggie Miller, and we talked about it on Monday. And I don't know. I don't, like, you can argue, okay, yeah, you take him off of that team, and they have a better chance to do whatever. I Like, if Giannis is so much of a better player, and we know what he means, then naturally to me, he is the bigger loss in this series. But it is a situation where I don't have a strong take either way, I guess. It's just like, it doesn't seem like the most significant piece of what's going on. No. No. And I, look, I said on Monday, I just don't think Reggie Miller's a good analyst. So I, I, I really don't have high expectations. The captain of this I just don't think he's great at his job. I, I think there are very few analysts in the NBA that are good. Like, I think Hubie Brown's awesome, but he's kind of old, kind of a curmudgeon. He's kind of endearing for that reason, though. I, I just, I don't like Reggie Miller. So, oh, Reggie Miller said something stupid. Oh, the Mississippi River is flooding. It's April. What's new? Like, it's raining outside. And, and I know some people defended his take. Like, well, Tyler Hero is more important to the Heath than Giannis. Okay, then just say the Bucks are a much better team. We don't need to go down some weird rabbit hole of Giannis versus Tyler Hero. 
it's just a dumb thing to be arguing about. Did you, before I play it, have you heard this Chuck piece before? I don't. Did they say it last night? Yep, last night. No, because I right. was watching Valley, and then I didn't turn on TNT until like the second quarter of uh, Wolves Nuggets. Well, here you go. Reggie Miller is the analyst, said one thing. Here is Charles Barkley on his thoughts on this situation. I think Hero is a, is a not going forward, but in this series, <laughs> I think Hero is a bigger loss than Giannis. Mm. Let's go to commercial. No, seriously. No, he's not bigger loss than Giannis. No, no, but I'm saying it's a for, big loss for No, no, Miami, no, but, but I'm saying commercial. No, I'm talking about not going forward in the play. I'm talking about for this series. Milwaukee got a much better chance of beating Milwaukee, uh, beating Miami without Giannis than, Mil- than Miami going to beat them without Hero is my question. Hero's an integral part. Yeah. The, the comparisons. No, I'm not, I'm, t- I'm not comparing them as players. In this series. I'm talking in this, in this series, series. If, if, if Miami had Hero and the Bucks didn't have Giannis, they could win. They can't win without Hero, but the Milwaukee can beat them without Giannis is my point. None of that made sense. <laughs> None, None of, of it. None of that made sense. None of it. I've, I've listened to it six <laughs> times. What he's trying to say is the Heat with Hero could win, but without Hero they can't. But the Bucks okay. could win without Giannis. But he's missing an integral point in what's happened so far is that both Giannis and Hero are out. Yeah. Obviously, if Hero was healthy and Giannis was healthy, the Bucks would steamroll them. That's, I, 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 I cannot get enough of that. The Bucks are so much better than this Heat team. They're so much better. And Ben, when we were talking about potential first-round opponents and why I would want to face the Bulls or want to face the Heat or the Raptors or the Hawks, I, I brought this up with the Heat. I said, the Bucks are so much better than the Heat. They're so much better than the Heat. But because the Heat beat them once in the bubble and the Heat are Pat Riley and Heat culture... People are going to take this series more seriously than they should. Like this series really, there should be no analysis around this series. We should be breezing past this the way we're breezing past Sixers, uh, um, Nets, right? Or, or Celtics Hawks. But Giannis got hurt in game one and there was some weird shooting. So we're digging deep into this series. We shouldn't be. This isn't that complicated and we really shouldn't talk about it. We certainly shouldn't task Charles Barkley with long, <laughs> winding, complicated takes. No one needs this, especially Chuck. It's so confusing. It is. I know what he was trying to say. Oh, the delivery is great. And as soon as he said it, the rest of the (laughs) panel is like, oh, let's go to commercial. Yeah, we're done here. We can't do this. But with the the Sixers and the Nets, it's the same thing, kind of. Game two, the Sixers played a, like, their worst half. It was just horrible. But because the Nets aren't that good, the Sixers still came back in the second half and won the game comfortably. It's like when you have these matchups of one has and one clear has not, a weird half or a weird game can happen. Mm-hmm. But when you get through the series, no matter if a team's on the road or at home, like over time, they need their perfect performance for, for four games to beat the other team. The other team, yeah. like the Bucks, could, like that was probably close to their A game without Giannis last night, but they still yeah. could have beaten the Heat with their B game or their B plus game, likely without Giannis. So. Well, that's that's why seven-game series are seven-game series. Like, even if this was a three-game series or a five-game series, Bucks lose game one. Holy smokes. Like, that's that's a massive deal. The Heat are now a win or two away. One more crazy shooting performance or one more injury away from advancing is the eighth seed. 
after almost missing the playoffs entirely, you know, facing elimination twice in the play-in. But when it's a seven-game series, it's just, I don't know. And that's why I said on Monday, it's like, let's look back at game one of all these series where the Lakers went up one nothing, and the Heat went up one nothing, And a lot, of, a lot of these series were like, oh, maybe, who knows? Come back to this in a week. Chances are things will balance out. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, the Bucks are way better. Oh, the Grizzlies are better. Although I'm not sure on that. We'll see without Ja, the injury's interesting. But I don't know. Game one can always be misleading, but we always fall for it. We always get caught up in it. So without Giannis, if Giannis doesn't play, does that make game three a must win now? Can't go Ooh. down 2-1 on the road? Can't, can't keep home court in the Heat's hand? Interesting. I said that I as a know. joke. I, I know, I, but, but now I'm, I'm pondering the stakes for game three for the first time, really, because I, I was just up until this point enjoying game two. Well, I think, the, think. I think the stakes for game three are as high as they were for game two. Like if Giannis sure. doesn't play... The Bucs should win. They should win comfortably. And if they don't, guess what? They'll probably be fine. The only thing it's going to make them do is play more games to advance, which with Middleton's health and you want Giannis to rest, you want to get this over as soon as you can. That's, Mm -hmm. That's the downside of it. But I don't see it as it does not bring the series into question for me if the Heat win game three. 877-867-1670. Your thoughts on the Bucks game. I also got a got an interesting note on Twitter as I am a professional and pull it back up uh, from, from Brentley asking, Grant, if the Bucks are the new Spurs of this decade. Yeah. Where the comparison 100%. from Pop to, to Bud is easy because he's mm-hmm. from the tree. He said where Giannis is Duncan, Holiday mm-hmm. is Tony Parker, and Middleton yep. is Ginobili. And then yeah. the Bucks then have the privilege of a deep bench and Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Very undramatic. There's, there's not a lot of, not a lot of drama. There's not a lot of personality, soft-spoken, take care of their business. Oh yeah. There's, there's a ton of parallels and most notably Bud and Pop and Giannis and, and Duncan. They haven't had the dynastic success, but from a personality standpoint and an operational standpoint, hundred percent. Yes. I say no only for the reason that Bud is not nearly as interesting in uh, mid-game interviews as Popovich. And that's <laughs> he where... He doesn't bully reporters. No. And, I, and this is another whole thing with Bud. It's like, yeah, he says nothing to reporters. That's what a lot of coaches do. That's what LaFleur does. And yeah, nothing. it sucks when you work in radio and the coach doesn't say interesting things at the, at the, at the podium. There are some coaches out there that attack reporters. And when you work in radio, it's very entertaining. Whoever's in the wrong. And and usually it's yeah. it's often the coach that's in the wrong. So like when uh, people get poor all... Adam McCalvey got called out this weekend, it was a stupid question, yes. or, or a insane question, whatever counsel said, ridiculous question. Yes, but just because he does not entertain at the podium does not mean he lacks the necessary gravitas or the necessary presence to snap his team into it, which kind of happened before yeah. game two. Which also I go back to like. That's the players. Like, that's Giannis's presence. That's Holiday saying, we got you. That's Middleton. That's Lopez. That's experience. I don't know how much Coach Bud even needs. Like, it's the NBA. It's not college basketball. You're trying to, like, snap guys into it or high school basketball or whatever. It's like, it's the yeah. NBA. It's it's on the players to, to show up. So, yeah. they did it. And it was an impressive win, definitely. 877-867-1670. 
Let's do this. Let's step away, take a quick break. Again, coming up at 11 o'clock, there is a rumor. There's a report which has sparked a rumor which is leading to a certain place in this country losing their mind about Aaron Rodgers. And it's not the state of Wisconsin, believe it or not. It's somewhere else. The minds are constantly being lost with a week now before the draft. We'll play you the clip. We will react to it. That's coming up at 11. Some draft thoughts coming up uh, in the noon hour as well. A lot to get to. Big Brewers week as well, sweeping out the Mariners. We have a lot to get to today. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's show, Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, 877-867-1670. You want to join the show, do it. I don't know why, Grant, just a, uh, maybe it's the rain outside. So this is somewhat of a, of a dropkick Murphy's mood today, generally uh-huh. speaking, with bumper music. Uh, big day today. It is 420, which very yes. importantly is the day that Twitter is going to be removing blue check marks per reports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tough, tough day out there for many of our blue check mark friends. If you're verified, is Zach Heilprin verified? No. I was gonna say no, we I don't are, think that impacts any of us. Zach and I are a proudly non-verified show. What about Bill? Is Bill losing the blue check? I I would figure. I don't know. I'll have to text him. I don't want to start rumors to say that he will or he won't. I don't want to speak about another man's blue check mark. That's, yes. That's, yeah. Let's contact him directly. Yes. But I would Good say point. there is a potential for the losing of the check mark, yeah. which these days, I don't know. I have no strong take. I'm just unhappy with Twitter, generally speaking. We, we can't trust any of our institutions anymore. Nothing in this country we can trust. The blue check mark, like JJ Reddick was calling conspiracy about officiating yesterday. JJ Reddick is like the biggest mature genius of NBA talk out there. Now that he's gone hot take, what, what do we have left? We I don't have blue check marks. We don't have JJ Reddick. We've lost everything and everyone. I posted a video of Jack Cohn last night. <laughs> what, what? And what? I, I, it, it was of him scoring a, a, an unbelievable touchdown against Michigan in 2019. Oh yeah. The run. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good. Yeah. Incredible. I said, watching 2022 Tanner Mordecai SMU tape, just, some very, very lighthearted spring football drop-in. And it only reached 14,000 people. You know? How can we trust Elon when a tweet probably deserves to reach uh, in the millions, like any highlight of Jack Cohn in 2019, and yet it doesn't reach that number? That's where we're at today. It's sad. How how did you get that much interaction? (laughs) Good tweet, by the way. And now I'm ashamed to realize that I didn't like it. I will toss you a like right now. Thank you. Good radio. 14,000 people care about a Jack Cohn highlight from 2019. You'd be surprised. There are far stupider things I put out there that that end up uh, reaching much more, many more people. Sure. That's That's the hunger people have for football, for the Badgers. Got the launch coming up on Saturday. I would argue it's the joy that people took in watching the 2019 Paul Chris Jack Cohn team play. 
Which, Willow's a fun team. Don't but, get me wrong. But that ruffles feathers these days. His name's not Luke Fickle, so we can't say anything good about him. I'm kidding. I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited for this season. I I'm kid. excited for the draft next week. I've been working on my draft board. Speaking of the draft, coming up at noon in an hour, a draft thought of the day, a big draft question Grant and I will get into. But coming up after the top of the hour in three minutes, New York is losing their mind about Rodgers again. Who, what, why? We'll get into it. It's Ben Kenny Grant Bills and for Bill Michaels. 